Good evening. The kids are in bed. Welcome to Pressing the Privets. This is the podcast where my wife and I talk about family, faith, marriage, parenting. Everything. As always, I'm Zachary Privet, and I'm joined by my wife, Karen. Hello. And we've got a great show for you today, so let me turn it over to her. So this is the first episode where we will start interviewing each other, and today's theme is fatherhood. I picked this out uh, because Father's Day was coming up whenever we were kind of in the plans. We're a little past Father's Day, but I think it still bears um, something to talk about. I think it's it's an evergreen topic. Worthwhile. You're always a father all year yes. round, so <laughs> that works out. So just for starters, um, remind anybody listening. Uh, uh, who our kids are and tell us a little bit about them. All right. Well, uh, Karen and I have two children. Our oldest, a little man, he's just turned four years old this month and he has been a ball of fire, <laughs> ball of questions. Um, I don't know if you've seen that meme on Facebook with uh, Jonathan Frakes doing all those questions like, do you believe in curses? How much money would you spend? spit a night in the cemetery just those rapid fire and it's under the heading your four-year-old has to ask ask one important question and that's pretty much our uh our son there he is four uh we, our daughter is almost 18 months now and she is getting that personality getting that coordination too where she can climb everything so we are adoptive parents as well. Our daughter, uh, Little Miss, is adopted. Adopted her at birth. Uh, we love them both very much. And they're just so amazing, so wonderful, so frustrating sometimes. But... <laughs> so truthful. We yes. will be so truthful. <laughs> very good. So we are relatively new parents. Um, mm-hmm. So none of our, none of our stories or... No. Um, I'm not going to say advice because I really don't feel like we're going to be giving advice at all. No. Just just stories. None of our stories um, really go from anything over a four-year-old right now. Mm-hmm. So I think mostly this our stories and our quote-unquote advice is more just sort of... Oh, I'm blanking on the word now. But it's mostly just sort of have you those hashtag average parent problems. And hopefully you listen to yeah. and say, you know, oh, they go through the same stuff I am. Yeah, we want we want we want people to feel like they can identify with us, and be encouraged that they are making it through also mm-hmm. uh, with the same stuff that everybody everybody deals with. So, right. very good. Well, let's just get right into it. Um, what is a funny situation that you have found yourself in as a father? Hmm. I'm trying to think of one that doesn't involve poop because that <laughs> that's a lot of them. So much poop you, in our lives right now. Anyone who's single or an expected parent, that is a big thing that comes with you just become so blasé and conversational <laughs> about poop. Um, <laughs> but oh, I, I got here's one from pretty recently, so okay. um, I can't remember too much but it was just a few months ago and our son has was eating cough drops a lot i think he got he got sick and so we gave him a couple just to help him without help him with it and then he realized that they're medicine quote unquote medicine so he 
he could get them a lot more easily than he could get candy. Okay, I know where you're going. This was more than a few months ago, babe. This was like, this is a good year ago. Okay, a year ago. Maybe a little more than a year ago. Oh, okay. But so. that's fine. Continue. It's, it's pretty. It was after our daughter was here, too. too so <laughs> she was doing that, and it's, I was watching the kids, and you're out, and our son came into me crying, and it's like, what's wrong, little man? It's just, it's no one here. And it's like, oh, and he'd been going into our rooms. Okay, and... you couldn't see that, but he like made an uncomfortable uh, grab towards his towards private... the pelvis yes. area. So yeah, he, Joshua he was very came... uncomfortable in the pelvis in area, the crotchal region. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry, I forget this is an audio medium. Uh, so yeah, our son comes in, uh, gra- sort of grabbing his pelvis area and said, "Daddy, it's uh, crying. I'm trying to get what's wrong." Is he like? He had a problem with UTIs. I don't know if it's something with just, you know, a twist in his underwear or something. And so we go into the bathroom and our daughter's, you know, crying, wants to be involved too. And what, what's going on here? And then she starts to sympathy cry. And I go, and I go in the bathroom and I pull out his pants and just all these um, <laughs> cough drops fall out. <laughs> and it's like, Oh, and I, the phone's ringing, and it's just, it's everything, and they come out, and just all these fall out, and it's, I think some were unwrapped, too, and it just, oh, all, under the underwear, <laughs> in there, he'd gone into our room, gone into the package of cough drops, just started stuffing him in there, like a squirrel with his trees, and so I texted Karen, it's like, the I, phone was ringing because I was calling yeah. to see how things were going, this was, if I'm remembering this now, this was like, one of the first times that you had the kids home alone, like after Rain was able to crawl. Like oh, she was yeah. a little bit more mobile, right. so she didn't stay where we put her. And right. yeah, anyway, so I was calling to see how things were going. Mm-hmm. And so I texted her and said, I'm sorry I couldn't get the phone in time. There was cough drops in our son's underwear. And you texted back. <laughs> Did he poop them out, or was it? And I said, no, he, he, he didn't. His sweatpants didn't have pockets, so he stuffed them in there for later. He said, oh. Okay. So he was hoarding, mm-hmm. hoarding cough drops. So that's just one of those unexpected things you never thought you'd have to text or deal with. <laughs> this is Five apparently something ago. we say now. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's cool. No big deal. <laughs> Okay, so moving along, uh, we talked last podcast about how I love Disney. Uh, I'm a big fan of Disney movies, Walt Disney World, Disneyland, um, all those things. So I couldn't couldn't pass up the opportunity to quiz you a little bit on your Disney dad knowledge. Oh, okay. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Zach has not seen this. He didn't know we were doing this part of it. So okay. this is this is. And I'm watching him. He is not allowed to Google. <laughs> All right. So question number one. Which Disney dad tossed a sword aside to affirm the greatest gift and honor is having you for a daughter? If you need help, I can give you multiple choice. I believe that was Mulan's father. Mm-hmm. It was. Do you know his name? Mr. Fa? Uh, that's close. There's a fa. It was okay. Fazu. Okay. 
I, I'll give it to you. That's that's one oh. point. <laughs> one point for Zachary. All right, number two. Which wise Disney dad passed along the warning? Being brave doesn't mean you go looking for trouble. Mufasa. Very good, Mufasa. Number three. Who exclaimed this totally tubular message to a fellow dad? You never really know, but when they know, you know. You know? I I don't know his name. It's from Finding Nemo. It's Crush. Very good. Crush the turtle. I'm so impressed. (laughs) Number four. Who laid down the law when he said a true hero isn't measured by the size of his strength? but by the strength of his heart. Zeus? Very good, Zeus. Joshua's been reading Zeus a lot, so I figured right, you'd yeah. get that one. <laughs> or been requesting to read Zeus a lot. Or Hercules. <laughs> That's the name of that story. Not bad. <laughs> Number five. Which father made peace with his little one growing up when he de- declared, I guess there's just one problem left, how much I'm going to miss her. King Triton. King Triton. Very good. You're five for five so far. Way to go. Which royal pop proclaimed, you've certainly proven your worth as far as I'm concerned. It's the law that's the problem. The Sultan. Very good. The Sultan. From Aladdin. From Aladdin. Number seven. Some fathers are cautious because they care. Which dad declared, we'll lock the gates, we'll reduce the staff, will limit her contact with people and keep her powers hidden from everyone. That's the King of Arendelle from Frozen. Very good. Did you see this quiz? No, I haven't. Because you're even like getting exactly exactly what they do. their answer is. <laughs> Very good. I just found it on Facebook, so I mean, it's possible that you saw it too. I don't, no, I haven't seen any of this at all. Okay. Just... You're doing great. Okay. Thank you. Number eight. Which dad gave himself this pep talk? I'm doing the math. I'm fixing the boyfriends and keeping the baby from turning into a flaming monster. How do I do it? By rolling with the punches, baby. Uh, Bob Parr from The Incredibles. Very good. Mr. Incredible. You even got his real name. I'm so impressed. Very good. You're eight for eight. All right. Good job. I'm impressed, honey. (laughs) I am impressed. Okay, so in uh, in the movie area uh-huh. uh, so we're both big marvel fans uh we actually we went to see iron man 3 on our first date right and so we've been uh big fans of the marvel marvel cinematic universe mm-hmm. we've watched through the whole series a couple times twice yeah you know up to whatever was current at that time right um so in all that who is your favorite father in the marvel series oh uh, okay well, i guess spoilers for Endgame if you haven't okay, seen yeah. it yeah um but tony stark i guess is that's the hands down winner hands down winner i think everyone else i mean that's the only one i've talked with other dads about go to bed or i'll sell all your toys yes <laughs> go to sleep go to sleep or i'll sell it just that he just I think he's the best with just interacting with his daughter and then just sort of how he sacrificed with other fathers and we get choked up about that too. So, 
because we were we were talking about this. I think even last year before Endgame came out, and it's kind of like, what is the best father? Or trying to think of it, and it's like, well, uh, Chala's father, you know, killed his uncle and kept his <laughs> left his nephew. Marvel dad's got issues. <laughs> yes, exactly. Odin locked up his daughter. Right, didn't and us. didn't mention <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, by the way, you have a sister that right. I had to lock up in hell. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Good luck with that. I'm about to die. Right. So what? Everyone has Poor issues, Thor. but I don't. <laughs> I don't think uh, Tony Stark has those issues, and I think he just. Everyone else is battling for second place there. So. I don't know. I that's not. I. Okay. He's pretty good. He's he's way up there, but I think I like Hawkeye. Hawkeye better. I think he's good. I. Th- I uh-huh. loved. I loved that he had this whole other life that he kept completely separate. Mm-hmm. And then whenever you get to go see him, like whenever he, you know, brings the other um, Avengers to his his house as like a secret you know, right. hideout. Mm-hmm. I just I love the way everybody interacted, mm-hmm. and um, you know he had the baby on the way at that point, and how how he treated his wife, and I don't know. I just he you know yeah, Tony Stark <laughs> Iron Man gives him a good run for his money, but. I don't know. You got your Hawkeye, Team Hawkeye. Well, I mean, just for a favorite Disney dad. Okay. Marvel dad. Marvel dad. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Which you know, Disney owns the world now. So True. Yeah. That's. It all works. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I it would. I I love the. I love seeing Tony as uh-huh. a dad. So that was pretty fun. Um, and the you know I love you three thousand and then him oh, coming yeah. in and like bragging to Pepper about it. Yes. Like you were like around. What to say like around 700, <laughs> 700, 700 yeah. or something like that. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's oh, yeah. that was pretty special, but I don't, I don't know. They're both they're both pretty up there. Mm-hmm. I think okay. pretty good, pretty good on that scale. All right, so. Yeah. What if I said Thanos? What would you do? Oh gosh, we would stop this podcast, and you would be <laughs> just I don't know sleeping on the couch tonight. I'm not oh, sure how. Right. Like I feel pretty strongly about it, so maybe okay. I'd let you have your CPAP, but. <laughs> <laughs> You can take that out. (laughs) Okay, so moving on, let's talk a little bit about your father. And um, so, tell me, tell me a little bit about your dad. Tell me about um, good, good time, good memory, something from that you have uh, from you and your dad. And then talk a little bit about so, what did he do well as a father that you are trying to emulate? All right. Okay. Well, as who he is, he's. Uh, my dad, he works in the oil industry, and so we had to move a lot around a lot when I was younger. So, you know, internationally we moved Mexico and Canada, as well as over to California and uh, Texas and a couple places in Oklahoma. So that his job moved around there, and he actually had to travel a lot as well. But after when I turned ten, he stayed home a lot more, and that was a very conscious decision about what he did. He Denied opportunities where we would have, you know, advancements and promotions where he would have to travel um, a lot and be away a lot in order to spend time with us. And so, why I wasn't aware of that at the time, I was only aware of that, you know, I think late high school, maybe even college time, sort of what he did. Um, I think just sort of that example, or just knowing that, has sort of been a very big part of how I see him as a father what he sacrificed for our family not not just 
as a material thing because we were still pretty well off but just as a no my time and my family my and my time with my family is important as yeah, well it's important for him to be exactly there with you yeah, exactly sure. and that's that's kind of something that i've taken and because i know that it hurt him a lot that he was gone and he again didn't know that time but knew that later and so and that's something i've sort of taken and keep keep in mind as a father myself just there is a lot of time that you need to spend with your kids and stuff so um but i mean he's he's a great dad even the, even when he was traveling he was tennis with us and kind of keep us involved and did things with us i know he um even then there was times when he would just keep do things just with me as sort of um i don't know if we've talked about the sort of i don't think so just kind of yeah. tell your family what your family dynamic is yeah okay i mean just he we, i mean there was times when on weekends he would i remember one week when i was maybe about seven eight he we designated that just a father-son weekend so we had a couple week things that we did we went to see movie movie weekends we just or you know those days we just went out and i think went to like arcades and stuff and just the two of us to spend together as well and i know there's times where he um you know took me on trips for him himself i mean he we there was time he went fishing like texoma and he took me and we spent the night there it was kind of just an overnight thing that he had with other his friends and business people that I was involved with as well as with pheasant hunting when I was younger as well and you know I was the you know carrying them you know extra shells and the the uh, the you know the bagged birds and the in my vest too but he just involved that and you know we had a long drive out and a long drive back and you know special stops on the way and so that was just that quality time was great to have with him and so. So while I'm not uh, taking Joshua to go fishing or hunting just yet, or at least on overnight trips, I think we still have uh, several times already we've already done sort of morning projects where it's just the two of us. We go out and get donuts. We bring them back and we build something like a marble machine or a little race car or something like that. Just the two of us and sort of spend that time together. And I think just knowing to be intention or not not necessarily intentional but just being with your kids and spending that time with them is something I've sort of learned from my dad and it, positively from my dad in that example he yeah. said awesome yeah. awesome awesome so what are you doing well as a dad what do you feel like you're doing well as a dad all right oh. I think I'm doing well and spending time with our kids. Um, just play time. When I get home, it's kind of I'm with them until dinner and then again until after until their bed. Um, reading stories, playing with them, going out in the yard and pushing them on the swings. Catching our daughter when she or hovering over her when she's climbing <laughs> on something. So <laughs> oh, that makes me nervous. <laughs> We have one of those little like clubhouse play play clubhouses thing in the backyard and he's been able to climb it and feels very comfortable on it for a good 
I don't know, three months now, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but it makes Daddy oh so nervous. There's just there's a couple places where she could fall off and there not are. a slide or anything to sort of catch her. And it's like there are. Ah, but she right. does really well with it. <laughs> but it certainly makes Daddy nervous. Right. But I, I'm I'm doing that, and I hope our son is knowing that you know. He can pick up a book and they will most more likely than not read it to him and stuff. <laughs> and, you know, our daughter's got me wrapped around her finger already. So I'm trying not to spoil them. And that that's the hard part to do that. But I think just spending time with our kids when I can is kind of putting time with them as a priority is something that's. I think I'm doing well. She's I, nodding. I so agree. that's yeah, good. I yeah. Think, I definitely so. think you're doing well. In fact, I was going to follow up whatever you said with that. That I, I think that is one of the things that you excel at as daddy is when you come home, you are here 100%. Like you're not on your phone trying to figure out things for the office. You know, you, you, know, you, you bring your office phone home. Um, occasionally he has clients that need him after hours and stuff like that. And he's available for that, but he's, he's not, he doesn't work after hours. Um, you come home and the kids run to come see you and it's because they know that they have your full attention. And so I think that is something that you definitely do well is that you put, you put work things down and like you said, you come in and you take the kids out of the kitchen so I can finish dinner or, you know, do whatever. You go wrestle with them. You go read books. You go, you know, whatever. You mm-hmm. you pour into them and yeah. let them know that they are important right. to you. It, that's a pretty big high you get when you're coming home and the kids run to you. It's like sometimes our son's watching a show. So <laughs> and Nothing it, interrupts wild, our son. Yeah, wild horses couldn't get him away. On but, a show, but... But there's times when our daughter's like in the kitchen and I see her peek her head around the corner to the door and she's like... <gasps> her face lights up and that's that just... little squeal. Yeah. She just comes toddling up. Exactly. So... Yeah. Wants to be picked up and that's just... I get something out of that as well. Oh, good, good, good. So what, okay, so what is something that you want to work on as a dad? Or something like as, you know, our, our kids are young, so something that you see coming as they get older that you want to you want to be att- intentional about or make sure that you're ready for? I think something I want to be is intentional in teaching our children. Um, teaching them about Christ and God and sort of looking into the world like, We've, Karen and I have read a lot about sort of how to raise godly kids and, you know, you look into it or you, you take the moment. You don't like, you don't have a time where you sit down and you read to them or you don't, you don't just have that time to where you read to them the Bible and sort of do a Bible study and everything like that. It's not just a 15 minute sit down that you schedule because, you know, even I, our lives are so hectic and on the run. We don't have a set schedule anytime, and I don't think that's going to improve. But it, we've learned a lot, and we've been read a lot of things where it's like you've got to teach them where God, where you children can, like even just driving along and it's dusk and you see the sunset and you say, 
Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing that God made that? Or questions about kids have and questions you have with how they deal with people and everything like that growing up. That's sort of one of the things I think I need, you know, using those times, not just kind of like to get to the next point, but being intentional and using those times to teach, teach our children, teach our children about God, teach our children about what's right and everything like that. And, you know, I, that is one of the things I find out I think I need to work on, not... What was the quote? It's like from Deuteronomy 11, 11 19. Yeah, or, in that area. Yeah, it's like, uh, you shall teach your children talking to them when you're sitting in your house and when you are walking by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. So every opportunity you can teach your children. Because um, that's one of the things that really that, you know, just look, reading about parenting and reading about not just parenting, both, you know, teaching your kids not to eat paste and play in the oven, but also teaching your kids about who Jesus is and what he's, and what's God done for the world. You've got to be intentional and you've got to, you can't just sort of go with the flow and try to go from one um, emergency to the next or just sort of get to the next work towards the weekend type of thing. You have to be, every moment counts with, uh, your children, you got to be intentional with that. You've got to have a plan. You've got to have every a purpose in working with that. Not to say that being with your kids isn't a goal in of itself, but you have teaching your children. You have to be intentional with that because you don't want to just sort of teach your children by by accident. I think what you're trying to say is, is we we try very hard not to compartmentalize. Right. Our faith, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like okay, everybody sit down on Monday and we're gonna have a fifteen-minute family devotional. We do that sometimes. We right. have a, a Bible book that we're working mm-hmm. through with our son, and we have those times. But we don't. That's not the only time that we talk about. You know, right? Exactly. I mean, we went we went to the aquarium recently, mm-hmm. and I you know remember on the way home you. We're talking with Joshua about, you know, there's going to be an octopus soon. He's not there yet, but there's going to be an octopus, and Josh wanted to talk about it. And, um, you know, he he was asking about, you know, will they have all those legs? And, you know, you made the comment about some, you know, that's that's how God made that animal. That's how he hunts. That's how he gets around in the ocean. And um, just taking those little moments, you know, that wasn't a sit-down Bible study where we talk about the wonders of how God created yeah. The octopus. That was just a moment that you were talking to your son about an animal that will be coming to the Tulsa Aquarium or the Jinx Aquarium. And you took the moment to say, you know, God designed him that way. And yeah. that is, that's how, that's how the octopus works. Because, right. you know, attributing, mm-hmm. attributing that to our creator. Okay. So I, I think that's what, am I, am I hitting? Yeah, that's kind of what, that's what I'm hitting at. Yeah, you just, that's something I, you know. I know that's going to come up and I need to work on it and be more because three and four year olds, there are questions, you know, they'll have all those questions that you can ask, they're asking, but then, you know, when those questions drop off and you have a little less interaction time with the kids, you want to make that 
count and teaching them what's important. Nice. Very good. Very good. So on Father's Day, mm-hmm. uh, so for the past four years on Father's Day, we have actually visited my father's church. Uh, my dad is a pastor. And the, well, I guess one of those years he wasn't at his own church. He was kind of in between a couple things. But anyway, we have, we've gone to church with my dad mm-hmm. on Father's Day for the past four years. And this past year, a um, couple weeks ago, I forget how far away we are from it now. But yeah. um, so he, as he was teaching, he was looking at the passage of the prodigal son. Um, and he specifically kind of stood and camped out on the fact that when Jesus was telling this story, he was not emphasizing the son. Um, a, a lot of times that's what you hear emphasized, and, it, and that is, it's true. We, we are the prodigal son mm-hmm. in the... Um, you know, in the in the story of faith and the story of how Christ came and rescued us and um, the grace that has been extended to us, that and that is that is all true. But Dad was talking about how um, this Jesus was using this parable to explain a different kind of father. Um, you know, everybody knows that son. Everybody is that son. Everybody knows the son that says, "I know more than you do. Give me what's mine, and I'm I'm out of here." And then what do they do? They waste it, right? Um, but the point that Christ was making and telling it was, you know, he was saying, my father, God, the heavenly father that can be your father if you believe in me, he's not, he's not like the dad that crosses his arms and says, yeah, you better beg for a job here because I already gave you all your stuff. You know, he's, he's the, the father that's out looking for you. And not only, not only is he out looking for you, but when he finds you, um, runs to you and puts a robe on you and puts rings on you and has a feast um, because you are home. And so what stands out to you about that time? I know it's been a few weeks, but um, hearing that taught, um, what's, what's most significant to you about your role in that son relating to God, your heavenly father, and how, um, how do you... How do you hope to show that, you know, be that ex- an example of that father to our children? Listening to your dad's sermon that Sunday, I came to understand that that is, kind of, that is more sort of our relationship with God and that we have creation and we have this amazing world, this Eden that we have used up, that we have sinned and gone back and that we are coming back sometimes on our knees and humbled and he just is joyous that we are here he is not haughty he is not prideful he is he is not like oh you better come back or you know sort of i told you so but he is joyful that we are here and that is what we and he's glad he's that glad. we have returned exactly he's yeah. not upset at what we without did. condition Without, yeah. without reservation, he is glad that we are back. And that is just a wondrous story to take comfort in and concept to take comfort in that we are not at our humblest and our, our most low point. We are still loved and welcome back to God, our Father. And to extending that to myself as a father, um, just going to our children as extending to them so much grace and so much love and understanding and acceptance without condition, without 
reservation with whatever while they've been away, whatever they've done. That is kind of what I take away from that. So how do you balance that with also needing to teach structure and needing to teach order and discipline? Like kind of what's your take on that? That's tough. I'm sure I, I know I'm kind of the more lax parent here. <laughs> yes. But that is a balance you have to do. And I think, but you need to do, you need to have structure, teach structure, teach back teach lessons, discipline, and everything in love, not from anything as a sort of punishment or discipline for discipline's sake, but you know, you, this is for you, and this is for your love, and you need to be slow with it, and go at their pace to teach them. It's, it's, on, a, it's on their time schedule, not on yours. Mm, yeah. Kind of adjusting to what they need. Right. Mm -hmm. Nice. Very good. Okay. So the last thing that I want to talk about is your experience as an adoptive father. Um, I think that probably most of the people that are going to hopefully listen to this um, probably can relate to the experience of being a biological parent, biological dad, um, or at least hope to be that someday. Um, but I think we kind of have something unique in that we have experience as adoptive parents. Um, so what is, what is something that was different about your experience? Like what were some fears that you had or what, what were just some expectations that you had um, that differed between when we were waiting to bring our son home, our, uh, we like to call him our homemade baby, uh, bring our biological son home versus while we were waiting to bring our adopted daughter home. So just talk about that a little bit. Okay. Well, I mean, the fears in bringing our daughter home, it's kind of the same that happened with bringing our son home. Because I think with any new father of a baby, of an infant, one of the fears you have is, will the baby like me? Um, will I have a connection with the baby? Uh, mother's... I feel I sort of have a sort of a step up on that <laughs> or um, a shortcut to that because you've been with the baby for nine months and there is that innate connection there. But with fathers, you, um, you don't. You, you come in the delivery room and you hold the baby for the first time and that's the first time you've meet, met them and you know them and hold them. And so you know, will he like me? Will he or she like me? Will we be close, what do we have in common besides our last names? And with our daughter, an adopted child, that's that fear is kind of magnified tenfold. And so that's just kind of one of the fears there. And I think another fear is just you, she's a wild card in that you don't know, you can't really point to, oh, this is from you, this is from me, our nose, our eyes, our love of pretzels or <laughs> dipping or kind of those sort of innate things. Dipping as in like Soft, mustard, yeah. ketchup. <laughs> exactly. I'm sorry. Yes. Not not tobacco products. No. <laughs> Disclaimer. But you can't point to that as well. So I mean, and just that fear of connection that you, how will you connect as a parent? Will you, can you? Again, you have a little bit of that with homegrown children, but 
with adopted children, that's just magnified tenfold. And you have to work hard on that and just get a connection there. And even then you think, well, I mean, any, how's, how will you be different from any sort of other close connection they have, whether like, like a babysitter or eventually a teacher or a parent or like, uh, you know, uncles, I'm using quotes like an honorary uncle type, those things. But you want to have a special parent-child connection with your children, with, especially with your adopted children. But without that biological component, it's kind of like you have that uncertainty, you have that fear. I hope our daughter, I think our daughter loves me as a father. Oh, she definitely does. She is a daddy's girl. So one of the ways that you, um, one of the ways that we can, we can see this is so something that we learned while we were going through the adoption process and doing some training and learning things is there something that they call molding? Um, so we we brought our little girl home from the hospital. So we met her when she was two days old, and she has been with us ever since. Um, even even though there is that immediate custody, um, there are still things that are different because that first bond, like you said, that they have with their mother, their birth mother, is gone. Um, and so that is, that's completely gone. So there's, there's several things, um, that we learned to watch for and to be ready for. Um, so one thing is called molding. So not all adopted babies, um, you know, like whenever you, you pick up a baby that that's yours, that knows you generally, and they're crying and they're upset. Um, and we're talking like infant stage, like newborn to five six months old um they kind of just just cuddle into you they they mold into your body um they just they that's why it's called molding they just kind of press themselves into you as they kind of draw draw from your calm and it's going to conform to your shape yeah like, exactly it, not, like yeah. physically conform mm-hmm. to your shape um not all adopted babies do that when they are really upset now when they're when they're okay, uh, you know, whenever they don't have any fears or they're not worried or upset about something, then generally, yes, they'll still snuggle. Um, but that specific, when there is a, you know, they are expressing a need, um, that they need to have met, they don't, they don't always do that. And I remember the first time that, um, our daughter molded on you. Um, so it was mother's day of last year. So the kids and I had gone with my mom and dad to go visit my grandmother for Mother's Day. Um, you had stayed home, and um, whenever we got back, our son was playing in his room or something like that, and our daughter was, I think she was hungry, I don't remember, but there was something, she was not having a good time. Um, I had my hands in dinner, and so I couldn't take her at the moment. And so you just, you know, went and picked her up and she was, you know, stiff body, hands out, trying to push herself away from you, um, which is, which is what happens often, uh, with when, when the child is not attached yet. And, um, and then she just, I, I don't, I don't know exactly what it was, but she just decided, you know what, I guess he's okay. And she snuggled down into you and without you doing really anything different, um, she snuggled down into you and she started to calm down and um 
it was it was definitely like we across a room like we locked eyes and it was that oh my gosh she just molded on me um and it definitely like it elicited a bit of an emotional reaction <laughs> from you it was really really sweet there were there were maybe a couple tears maybe a few maybe a few um so just talk about that and how did that feel just in because that's that's one of the beginning processes that's right. one of the beginning times that you can see that um, secure attachment is starting. Right. Um, and so just having that knowledge and understanding, oh my gosh, she's actually doing this. Just talk about that a little bit. When we learned about molding, I think it's learned that it's a lot of comfort thing. Like it's a very, the baby, the adopted baby is comfortable with you and can, looks to you as a source of comfort. And when her daughter did that to me, I just knows that I am that that rock, that comfort thing, that stability there that was just comforting because that, that's kind of what I see as a father is. And so that she saw me, saw that in me even at three months old or however long she was. It was just, yeah, I think she was about three months because it was Mother's Day. Right. She was born in February, so yeah. somewhere but between three and four but However the math works out there. Yeah. But how, that she saw that in me was just so affirming and so relieving that I I was a father I was a parent to her mm-hmm. and I think that was that that assuaged a lot of the doubts I had that I spoke about before that you know those fears that will I be will she see this in me will she not just as when she's older an intellectual mind thing but no, no oh no she, that is my dad that is my daddy not my, not just my father, not just my guardian, my parent, but my daddy. Yeah. Do you remember what you said? I can I don't. You don't. You, you. Uh, like we said, there was there were maybe a few tears, um, and as she she calmed down, she went right to sleep, and uh, you like leaned down and gave her a little kiss, and then you looked up at me and you said, "I, she, I'm I'm her daddy." I am her father. I, I was. This is my daughter, and it was just. It was a beautiful moment for me. Um, you've seen the kitschy little posters that you know say like, "I didn't know how much I loved you until I saw how much you loved our children," and that's sort of like it was. A, it was a big moment for me just mm-hmm. to see that, see that in you, see that connection, and seeing you realize this is this is happening she is she is beginning this process of secure attachment and i am that safe place um so it was it was really sweet i thought um well i think that's all the questions that i had prepared for you is there anything else you would like to say on just fatherhood in general it's a lot of work it's a lot of Restless nights, a lot of putting your own stuff and your own wants, and that's it, not needs, but wants, everything else on the back burner for your kids. It's real eye-opening to sort of see what is important. I think that's a great thing to do, that this is one of, if not the most important things I have done with my life, is raise our two kids. Yeah. And, and what, what a picture that is of our Heavenly Father. Right. <laughs> just, the way, just the way that that works. You know, just a beautiful, 
a beautiful picture. I love that God related himself to us um, through his word as mm -hmm. father, because that's such a, you know, that provider, strong place. Yeah. Um, and that, and that is what he... Everything we, everything I, you know, you want to be your kids, he is to us. Right. Right. It's a beautiful picture. All right. Well, I think that was good. Good questions, honey. <laughs> Thanks. All right. All right. Well, next week I'll have some questions for you. Any guess on uh, what we're going to be talking about yet? Don't have a topic yet, yet, but we'll let you know. So we'll get there. Remember, right. we're new to this, right? So a lot of grace to us. Maybe we'll be like actually downloadable on iTunes by then. Right, that'd be great. <laughs> All right. Well, until then, I'm Zachary Privet, and I'm Karen Privet, and this is Present the Privets. We'll see you next time. Thank Bye. You.